Hello and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Interviewing Influencers. I had the great privilege to interview a pastor, visionary, leader, and award-winning author and movement maker. He's one to make it happen and he has a unique and creative mind that has impacted so many people over the years. Dave Ferguson has been an incredible catalyst for change and is worth listening to. So stay tuned, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and don't forget to enjoy this episode. And it is live. I'm honored to be here with Mr. Ferguson. Mr. Ferguson is a longtime leader and influencer. Um, he's gone out of his way to help people find their way back to God. And he actually pastors the church I've been attending to attending over the past about five years, I'd say. Um, but really, I'm, I'm just thankful to know Mr. Ferguson. I know he's he's invested a lot of time into that mission. And I think it's really exciting to know that people are doing stuff like that. And so um, Mr. Ferguson, how's how's it going? What's new? It is going really good, and I'm I'm actually proud of you too. We've Great. said for a long time around here, and you actually fall into both these categories. That there's two things we have to do really well at community uh, to be successful in our mission, and that's to develop more and better leaders and more and better artists. And I'm proud of you because you fall into both those categories. Appreciate it. And so thanks for doing this because I think this is a cool thing. Yeah. Um. So I like to dive right in. Sure. Um. Starting off with a pretty broad question, okay. but just to give everybody an idea as to what you do, um, what exactly do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my wife accuses me that every morning I get up and I go hang out with all my friends, but when you're fortunate enough to be able to kind of follow your passion and then do it with a bunch of your friends and see that kind of keep growing to the outside world, it kind of does look like, hey, you get up every morning, you go hang out with your friends and do stuff together. Yeah. Um, what most people would say I do is probably falls into probably a few different categories. One, like you mentioned, I lead Community Christian Church, and we have locations all across the Chicagoland area. Um, I also uh, lead something called New Thing, which is helps start churches like community all over the world. And then I also lead a, a, a conference called Exponential, which basically trains church planners uh, mostly North America, but where we've now started branching out to other parts of the world. And um, then I get a chance to also speak and write and do some stuff like that. So very, very cool. Fun. So by starting a church, what are who pushed you to continue investing time into the mission? Um, how old are you, Dimitri? 18. 18. And you're a freshman, right? In college. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, man, dude, it's almost exactly. So it was the middle of my freshman year, probably exactly the point where you are right now. I was at a small college and the big driving question for me, and it sounds, it's not like I was some deep thinker or anything, yeah. but anyway, it was, it was the question that was driving me at the time was, what are you going to trade your life for? Because mm -hmm. even then, I think I recognized that um, you're, you kind of die for something. I mean, you could be a martyr and die all at once, or you kind of like over the course of, 80 years, you give your life, you give your life for something. And so that question, what are you going to trade your life for? And I didn't actually have the same words I use now, but essentially at the end of the day, I said, okay, if there's one thing I could trade my life for, I'd want to help people find their way back to God. And in pursuing that, it was kind of like, what's the best way to help people find their way back to God? And candidly, because um, my dad was a pastor mm -hmm. and while he's a great guy, I really didn't have much interest in that. And I kind of resented the fact that people said, oh, you should be a pastor like your dad. Kind of like, oh, stop it. You know? <laughs> um, but um, the more that I began to pursue the thought of how do I help people find their way back to God, to me, it was like, 
the obvious, what became the obvious answer is, wow, if I could start a church and then eventually start a church that would start other churches, um, that would be the best thing I could do to help the most people find their way back to God. So long answer, short question. No, it's all good. Um, Obviously you talked about other churches starting, you know, one church starting other churches. I think that funnels into new thing. What is new thing and why did you pursue it? Yeah. Um, New thing. I mean, kind of our mission is to be a catalyst for movements of reproducing churches that help people find their way back to God. And again, kind of the the bullseye would probably be a lot of the central kind of theme of what we talk about today is this idea of how do you help more and more people find their way back to God. There's been quite a bit of research done on this and um, brand new churches actually will help five times as many people find their way back to God as do existing churches of 10 years of age or older. Now, there are some exceptions, um, like the, you know, the church you get to be a part of here at community, particularly the Yellow Box location. We get to see that happen a lot. But typically, as churches are around longer and age, um, they get kind of like people. They, they get old and, and candidly become less effective. And so you have to constantly be starting brand more and more new churches. And so these new churches are a really, really important strategy for accomplishing that mission. Totally. And then equipping um, leaders with the skills to, you know, start those new churches. That's when, that's when it funnels into exponential. All these organizations are huge. Um, what is exponential and why did you pursue it? Exponential is, um, it's a, it's, it's a conference and that actually does. It's the idea is to really kind of train church planters and to help accelerate movements, which goes back to this idea of helping people find their way back to God. Uh, a buddy of mine named Todd Wilson, Todd was a guy who became a Christian, Oh, as an adult, one of the smartest people I know was a, as a nuclear engineer. He was in the Navy and um, ended up kind of leaving that and became an executive pastor at a church. And his church was getting ready to go to multiple locations. So he got a hold of me and said, hey, can you help us figure out how to do this? And I was like, sure. And so we really hit it off. We just became friends. Yeah. And we both happened to be at this event called the, the National New Church Conference. And it was a little event that had a couple hundred folks there. Um, and every year, a bunch of people would kind of go in a back room and go, okay, who wants to be in charge next year? Mm. And they just kind of hand it off to the next people. And like nobody wanted it. And Todd was like, I'll do it. And so he took over. And it had been around for 30 years, but it was only a, yeah. a handful of folks. And uh, he took it. I mean, it just, so the next year, it just, I mean, it, it took off. And, uh, and he's much more of a kind of behind the scenes, really. Um, organization guy, nuts and bolts guy. And so then he came to me and said, hey, what if I do the behind the scenes and you be the upfront guy, I'll be the director, you be the president, and we'll just keep doing this. So I went from that first year to 600, then like 1,800. Eventually, and we've been doing it for 10 years now. This past year, I think we had um, we had an East Conference, which is in Orlando, West, which is in, out in LA. Then we did regionals in DC and Chicago. And we had about 10,000 folks that have participated and about 100,000 people that will be online um, as a part of it. And so, I don't know. Todd Todd claims it's the largest church planning yeah. conference in the world. I assume it must be true. That is very cool. Do you still work with Todd, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So, I got a call with him tomorrow. We're working on an ebook together. Uh, yeah. So, we do a lot of stuff together. It's very cool. Um Moving forward, you talked about books. You're writing books. I think that's really cool. What books have you written? Um, And we can talk about what inspired you to write your most recent book, but what books have you written? Um, There's kind of two different 
well, maybe even three different categories, but basically like kind of two, there's, there's books that I've kind of written at a popular level that are going to help people grow spiritually. And there's also kind of leadership books. That mm-hmm. I've written. So there's, there's, there's five, uh, published books, three eBooks, um, two of them are more at a popular level. The other six are really more for, for kind of leaders. Totally. Um, so what inspired you to write starting over, which you said is more of the popular book, right? What, what's behind it? Um, again, I think, I think community and, and it kind of comes out of our, this passion to help people find their way back to God. I think we have a unique way of people who are on the outside, help them feel comfortable taking steps towards the inside mm-hmm. and helping them take steps, you know, in this search kind of for God and starting over, which is all about, uh, your life, be- the subtitle is your life beyond regrets. Yeah. I don't know anybody who does any self-reflection at all who doesn't go you know what there's there's some places where i really screwed up hosed up messed up and i i wish i had a do-over and the remarkable thing i think about god's grace is and talks about this in lamentations um and it says you know his, his mercies are new every morning that with god we literally have a chance to start over every day and so basically what we did in, in the book starting over is we kind of took this idea of kind of a somewhat cumbersome topic of redemption and which is the whole idea that you can kind of take bad stuff in your life and make it for good, which is what God does through grace. And we kind of gave him a three-step process and we said, the first step is you just got to recognize, you got to actually acknowledge you have regrets. Some people are in denial about it. Some people continue to say, oh, I wouldn't do anything different. I get where you're coming from but I think all of us have stuff that we wish was different. Mm-hmm. So you have to really recognize it. Then the second part was release. And the release part is either forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. Or in, in, in some ways we get kind of time to get into this, but almost like forgiving God. Yeah. And then the third part is the is redemption. That's where you really trust God to take something bad in your life and use it for a greater good. And we took a whole bunch of people through that process. And, um, and a lot of people are reading the book. Other churches are, are doing the series. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I have some family members that are reading it and they've enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. Big time. That's cool. Um, any cool plans that, you'll, that, al- that you're allowed to mention for a community exponential or new thing that's set to take place in 2017? Tw- oh, yeah. We always got stuff happening. Oh, uh, yeah. 20, 2017 community, what's happening? Oh, man. A couple things that are kind of exciting. Uh, one is we're starting a brand new location at Downers Grove. So right. we're, we're totally amped about that. Uh, so that happened in 2017. Um, I got a really neat meeting after this. I don't know if anything can come of it or not, but there's some people who are actually wanting to talk to us. They just flew in who want to talk to us about actually starting like church sites in prisons. And they're currently working in like 300 prisons across the country. And I don't know. I just think I mean, that's cool. Yeah. You kind of have a captive audience. Yeah. Boom. Um, <laughs> so we got that going. Um, so I don't know what's going to come with that conference. That's not really an announcement. Yeah. That's just a little something. Some. Kind of cool. Um, our leadership training center is we have, um, we have been focusing on what we call track three, which is to train church planners. But now we're starting to add tracks one and two and track one is how to lead yourself. Track two is how to lead a team. And the track three will be, uh, how to lead a lead a church. 
And so we're really excited about having a whole bunch of people go through that. So that's a community. What's happening with New Thing? Um, I'm getting ready to leave for India on Saturday. We'll have uh, every other year we do a global summit. Last time we were in Nairobi, uh, Kenya, Africa, and I'll get to meet with some remarkable leaders like uh, Pastor Oscar Mew mm -hmm. from Nairobi, Nairobi Chapel, who's brilliant. Um, I'll get to meet with Dr. Ajay Law from India. So they're all a part of a new thing. And just we have some big goals. We like to see 10,000 reproducing churches. Yeah. So we're talking about all that. Um, what's going on with Exponential? Exponential, uh, we're going to continue to expand. We're actually talking about taking Exponential. The um, looks like we may have another regional in Houston, but also another regional in uh, Seoul, South Korea. Right. Yeah, which would be a blast. Yeah. I've been there a few, couple times and love it. Um, awesome. I'd like to dig into what you do on a daily basis in okay. order to just stay, you know, afloat and, you know, organized. Um, I think it starts with morning routines. Um, over the past, like, semester of being in college, you know, I've been trying to see what my other friends do in order to, you yeah. know, you know, be good to go for the day and um, aware and ready to take on any tasks. And so what are your morning routines? Um, there's probably, um, I tend to do like, like exercise stuff, like yeah. along the Y and I go work out there and I'm trying to do more lifting lately. That usually ends up being more in the evening. It'd probably be better if it was in the morning, but it ends up being in the evening. The, probably the two things that happen kind of before I start my day typically are, um, one is journaling. So um, I can show you it here. You're, obviously, your listeners can't see it, but yeah. I'll kind of explain it. Uh, I, I get out my journal. Usually, uh, I read like about a chapter a day from the Bible. I kind of use a real simple kind of read, reflect, respond. So I read a chapter, I kind of reflect on it, and then I kind of respond by writing out my prayers. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I do that's really helped me a lot is, and you probably heard some of this because you're a lot of our leadership and stuff here at community is I do something called RPMs. Yeah. So RPMS stands for relational, physical, mental, and spiritual. And it's, it's kind of loosely based on the same way that Jesus developed as a leader it says he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. So you kind of have all four dimensions there. And so one of the things I do is at the top of my journal, I write R P M and S every day. Every day I write that RPMS. And then underneath it, this is a little crazy, but it helps me. I actually give myself a score. Like, how are you doing today on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. So like relationally, how are you doing with the kids? How are you doing with your wife? Friendship, give myself a score. And then I'll give myself a score physically. Did you go to the Y yesterday? Did you work out? You know, score of one to 10. And then same thing mentally. Are you reading? Are you staying on top of the news? What's going on in the world? And then S spiritually, how are you doing between you and God? And then I'll also, and so I give myself a score, but then I also give write an arrow next to it that either says I'm either trending up or trending down, or I put a circle. It means yeah. I'm just stagnant. I'm staying the same. And then I actually take, take the all four numbers and give myself a composite. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> it sounds intense, but but literally, and um, I, I could I could send you a link if you want to. And sure, you can yeah. put on you can put on the podcast for people who want to hear a talk I did in honor or, or even some tools. But literally, I found. I can do that in about two minutes, that whole thing. And basically every day in about two minutes, it gives me a way of checking my own kind of self-leadership 
and have to do a little bit of reflection, just asking how I'm doing. I find like for a lot of leaders, they end up drifting just because you're so busy. Um, you're so preoccupied. You're so into different things that you pretty soon you, you know, all of a sudden my marriage isn't so good. All of a sudden I haven't been spending time with my kids. All of a sudden, you know, I'm putting on weight. I'm not working out or I haven't been reading the Bible. You know, there's, there's, yeah. you, just, you tend to drift. We just do. We tend to drift. But this simple kind of two minute tool, at least you know how you're doing and it causes you to go, okay, what do I need to tweak to get yeah. better? And that's, that's one thing I do. That's been a big, big help to me. I love that. Um, moving forward into sort of a business side of things, sure. how does working at a church line up with working at a business and how can people learn from the, from the church? Sorry. Um, I mean, I think, I think <clears throat> whether you're on the for-profit or not-for-profit sector, um, uh, a lot of the things are very much the same. You're still, you're still in the people business. Mm -hmm. And I think whether it's a church or it's something that's a for-profit, um, both organizations need a clear mission. They need a clear mission that is not, doesn't, doesn't just make sense in, in dollars and cents, but really something that makes their heart beat fast. If to me, if, if I wasn't, um, starting churches, I would be probably an kind of a serial entrepreneur and I would be really keen on, okay, how do I create a mission around this enterprise that makes people want to get up in the morning, that makes their heart beat fast, that makes them think about this while they're eating breakfast before they ever punch in, you know, that they want to give their lives to. And I think a clear mission is really important. Then I think secondly, a clear strategy. So, so for us, like our mission is help people find their way back to God. Yeah. Our strategy is to develop three C Christ followers, people who celebrate, connect, and contribute. That's that's the way to describe it. And it's kind of in-house language for your listeners, but that's our strategy. And I think every business needs also a clear strategy about how you're going to accomplish the mission. Um, and then the third thing I would say is I think it's the leader's job to create a healthy culture. Um, if you create a, a, a healthy culture with a clear strategy and a compelling mission, any business Candidly, any church, I think, will be wildly successful. Now, that's kind of a simple way of saying very hard things to do. But um, I think those things are things that churches and business have in common. Totally. Totally. It's huge. Um, and I got to learn a little bit about that this summer when I did my internship with Stuco. Yeah. kind of cool. And Jordan's great about making the, the mission really, really clear, which is part of the reason our students, both on staff and just students who are part of it, going like they love it and invite their friends to it because they get it. Totally. Um, we're, we're pretty much down to the last question. We're wrapping it up here. Sure. Um, what advice would you give to someone that wants to pursue what you do as a career? Any key advice? Um, this would probably be almost, well, kind of on the business side or not, or, or the not-for-profit side. I would say find somebody who, who is doing what you want to do and do whatever it takes to get to spend time with them. Um, like I remember when I was, I was, I was in the middle of college and I wanted to, I decided I was best way to help people from the back to God was to lead a church, start a church. And so there was a particular church out in, Cal in Southern California that really had it going on. And basically I just got a hold of the people out there and said, Hey, I'm willing to come for free. Just let me hang out, spend the summer with you. Eventually they said yes to do an internship out there. And that was, that was huge for me. So especially early on, I would figure out how do you get close to those people? One piece of advice is 
sometimes our intuition is like, oh, I'm going to ask them if they'll mentor me, right? Yeah. So like, candidly, Dimitri, like if you said, oh, Dave, would you mentor me? Okay. I would probably, I'm going, I don't know. I, I don't, I got to stay. I, I don't think I can. Right. But if you said, Hey, could I take you to lunch? You know, or would you be on my podcast? Yeah. I'd go like, yeah. And so I think you have to find clever ways <laughs> of getting them to say yes without asking them to commit over commit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But whatever you do, I'd say find people who are doing what you're doing and get close to them and spend time with them because that's the best way you'll learn. Totally. Thank you so much, Mr. Ferguson. It was a pleasure hearing from you and your insight. I know you you have a lot of experience and I think it's very I think you just called me old. Not in a bad way. I think <laughs> I mean you're you're he's a wise, calling me old. No way, no way. You're a wise man. Am I right, listeners? The whole time he's been calling me Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> it's kind of a habit, especially when I know your son. That's true. Caleb's awesome. Um, but I'll definitely leave the links to uh, Mr. Ferguson, Mr. Ferguson's talks and his website to find more information on the books he's been writing. And um, thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, there's more on the way. I'm excited. Um, but having Mr. Ferguson on this podcast was a big win, and I hope you guys learned something from it. Uh, so until next time, take care. If you like what you heard or want to stay up to date, be sure to follow on Instagram at Interviewing Influencers. There you'll find more information and inspiring quotes. Also, if you want to see the interviews by video, head over to YouTube.com slash Demetri Morris. YouTube.com slash Demetri Morris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned and have a great week.